Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. Church, how are you all this morning? Yes, Ben, my husband and I pastor in Wagga Wagga. The locals just say it once though, so you can always tell if people are trying to know where they're talking about, but they're actually not really coming from there. But it's just Wagga, so that's cool. You got that right, just saying it the once. Um, yeah, we have um, the four children and we oversee Generosity Church. And, you know, we have been really long-term friends with Bron and Darren for quite some time. And my mum and dad, Lee and Vicky, are in this church here. And I actually grew up in what was Northwest way, way back before it became Northwest. So I'm a Tamworth girl. So it's nice to be back in the house this morning and to be with you all. Thank you so much for having us. You know, I know Bron and Darren, they're actually on holidays today, but I wanted to thank them for trusting me with the platform this morning. You know, I wanted to honour them. We've been besties with Bron and Darren since Bron and I were in high school, actually. Uh, And, you know, the boys, they were out of high school because they're that bit older than us. Uh, But we've been with them through times when we were all just dreaming. Um, We've seen their start into ministry. They've seen our start into ministry. Some of that journeys through highs and lows and the growth of that and the growth of this incredible church to the point that it's at today. And I want to tell you, they have a heart for this region. They are the real deal. Uh, They are genuinely themselves all the way from the dreaming stage all the way through to where it is today and I'm honoured to serve alongside them but more than that, honoured to be called their friends. So I wanted to thank them and thank you guys for having me here today. Let's pray, hey? Lord God, I thank you that you are our Heavenly Father who loves us beyond measure. I thank you. Jesus, that you died in our place so that we could have everlasting life, so that we could have connection and relationship with the Father once again. And Lord, this morning, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us. Lord God, that I would reveal your heart today. Lord, that we would hear your words today and not mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So... I want you to take a moment this morning. I want you to think about the most relaxing place that you've ever been. Can you picture it? Think about the most relaxing place you've ever been. I've got a little picture to put on on the screen. That looks pretty cool, right? That's the view from my brother-in-law's back deck at his holiday house. That's me sitting on the back deck taking a photo with the kids on their holiday, pretty chilled, Ethan on the hammock, Bianca doing my nephew's nails. (laughs) But it's pretty relaxed. What's your most relaxing place that you've ever been? You know, Bron and Darren are on holidays at the moment. We're actually on holidays at the moment too. We're heading up to the Sunshine Coast and we all love a good holiday, right? We love it. But do we actually always have to be on holidays to experience that? 
to experience that peaceful, relaxed, rest place. You know, we're all got lots going on in our world. We've all lived a busy life. Life seems to be getting more and more hectic. And everyone says, you just need to rest. You need to rest. But what does that look like really? Like really? I have four kids. Twelve campuses. What does that look like for you with your two kids? And a crazy nine-to-five job that you do overtime. You have to come home and you cook dinners. What does that look like to have rest? How is it that people say, you need to rest? And you go, oh, yeah, hanging out for that holiday. (laughs) Is it possible to have a full life and yet still find rest? Well, let me suggest that perhaps rest is not a lack of activity but a state of mind. It's not a dropping the ball. It's not letting go of your responsibilities. It's not even a lack of productivity. But it's a state of mind. In Exodus chapter 34, verse 21. And, you know, we were talking about the farmers needing rain this morning. I'm not a farmer but we're going to go with some farming examples this morning. So if you are a farmer, please excuse me. (laughs) But Exodus 34, 21 says, Six days you shall labour, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even during the ploughing season and harvest, you must rest. In ploughing time and harvest. Now, I'm not a farmer, but several of the farmers in our church have told me, The ploughing time and the sowing time, the sowing and the the harvest, that's their busiest times of year. That's their most hectic times of year. And yet it says, even at our busiest, you shall rest. You see, rest was actually given as a commandment. A commandment that even in our busiest times, you shall rest. Now, the Sabbath... We know, you know, Jesus came and it's changed the way that we look at the law. Jesus changed the way that the law operated. However, it's actually, it's not about the letter of the law, but about the spirit of the law. So therefore, there's actually still a spirit of rest that's been instituted for you and I. A spirit of rest. You know, there's even, there's even in farming stuff, there's even a whole deal where you rest a paddock to allow it to recover so that it can be at its best for the next crop. It's a a principle that God has put in place. You know, it's it's not so that it can just recover and do nothing forever with that paddock then. It's not so that it can sit there. It's rested so that it can recover and work again. So what is a spirit of rest? Well, I believe it's a space of ease without struggling and striving. It's your grace space. You find your spirit of rest in your grace space. Psalm chapter 46 verse 10. 
He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. You know, the New American Standard Version says, cease striving. Cease striving. Be still and know that I am God. So why do we struggle and strive? Why do we not seem to find our rest at times? Well, I believe that there's actually four different elements that can sabotage our spirit of rest. The first one we find in Luke chapter 21, verses 34 to 35. And it says, Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Whoa. It will come. Your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness and the anxieties of life and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. You know, sometimes there's actually just seasons that come our way. Sometimes we just go through a season that things seem to just get out of control. Things just seem to come on us. Seasons just come our way. And I believe that if we're not careful, we can allow that to sabotage our spirit of rest. You know, we all know we can go through seasons where stuff just happens and it's not pleasant. But it says, be careful. Because those days will come. We can't avoid those because for everyone on the face of the earth, those days will come. But be careful that they don't sabotage your spirit of rest. The second thing that I believe sabotages our spirit of rest is actually going without God's presence. Going without the presence of God in our life actually sabotages that spirit of rest that he meant for us to have all along. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 14, and we're reading through the story of Moses. And, you know, Moses is leading the children of Israel out to find the promised land. And he's having a moment of stressing because he's like, God, you've asked me to lead all these people, but who on earth are you going to send with me? Who's going to come with me? How can I do this? I can't do this on my own. And he's having a bit of a meltdown moment, right? Fair enough. He's got a few people following him. And so in verse 14 of Exodus 33, he says, The Lord replied, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. You see, the presence of God brings rest. If we go without the presence of God, we go without the rest that God has for us. We sabotage our spirit of rest. You know, for us now, back then, they believed that they had to carry the presence of God around with them. They had to go behind the curtain for the presence of God. But for us now, we are so much more 
at ease and so much more blessed because we have the presence of God in our everyday life. But you know, sometimes we can choose to ignore the presence of God. It's always available to us. It's not like we have to do anything and go to a special place to access it. It's always there for you and I. But sometimes we choose to go without an awareness of the presence of God in our world. We choose to ignore an awareness of the presence of God. But God is constant. It's actually us who moves. God is constantly there. The presence of God is there for you. It's us who take ourselves out of the presence of God at times. You know, we have different evenings and, you know, I don't know what you call them here, but we have an encounter night at our church and we do, we've got um, an amazing couple in our church who run a, a seminar called Hearing and Responding to God. All those things are actually put in place for us to learn how to activate the Spirit of God in our life, to activate the presence of God, to have an awareness of the presence of God and how He speaks to me and you individually, how we can hear and respond You know, because when you do, when you can understand, when you can have an awareness of the presence of God in your life, then that is your grace space. It's where God has called you to. It's where you sense Him and where you come alive in the presence of God, in the presence of the Almighty God. You know, in 1 Chronicles 22 verse 9, when I, was, when I was researching for this message, you know, as you do, you Google Bible verses on rest. <laughs> and up pops this really random one. And I thought, what's that got to do with anything? But it's actually talking about King Solomon. And in 1 Chronicles 22 verse 9. It says, but you will have a son who will be a man of peace and rest. And I will give him rest from all his enemies on every side. His name will be Solomon and I will grant Israel peace and quiet during his reign. So Solomon was known as a man of rest as opposed to David who was known as a man of war. But you know, Solomon was actually the last king of the United Kingdom of Israel. He was the last king of the United Kingdom of Israel because towards the end of his life, there was a whole heap of disjointedness that happened. The kingdom broke up. And what had happened is that Solomon, he had all those wives. Remember Solomon and all the wives. He had actually allowed the wives to bring their pagan gods into Israel, which he didn't think would matter too much at first, right? But the pagan gods actually became distractions and became idols that the people would worship. And so because of that, they actually went without an awareness of the presence of God. They were more aware of the distractions that were going on around them than they were of the presence of the Almighty God. And it sabotaged their spirit of rest. It sabotaged their spirit of rest. It began a coup. 
Now, if Solomon was known as a man of rest, yet there was a coup, I'm pretty sure that the two of those don't really line up. I'm pretty sure that for a king, that there's a coup going on, beginning to brew in his country, I'm pretty sure that there would be no rest for him. But I believe that God actually wanted and intended that spirit of rest for Solomon and and the people of Israel. But Solomon allowed the distractions and the idols to take away from the presence of God to sabotage that spirit of rest that God had intended for him all along. You know, in Isaiah 40, 29 to 31, it says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Hope in the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be, just be in God's presence. Learn what it is to be in your grace space, to be in God's presence. Don't allow the distractions and the idols to sabotage your spirit of rest. Don't allow those things in. You know, the next thing, the third thing that can sabotage our spirit of rest, we can also find from Solomon. And that's complicating things because of our own capabilities or wisdom. You see, King Solomon, he, he thought that alliances with all these different countries by marrying and taking wives from different countries, he thought that those alliances would make their kingdom stronger. In the natural, that makes sense. In his wisdom, that made sense. But you see, God went without the, he went on his own capabilities and wisdom. In the natural, he married all of these wives. But then it was because of that, because he went on his own wisdom, that there was, there ended up unrest. He lost the rest and there was a split in the kingdom. You know, at times, We can try and do things on our own capabilities and in our own wisdom and the way that seems right to a man or a woman. We can try and take that on and try and work out every little detail because we want to do it. We want to make it happen. But actually, we're struggling and striving. That's not a spirit of rest. You know, if we do this, God doesn't abandon us. He doesn't abandon us because of, because of us trying to work it out our way. But we do lose our spirit of rest. We do end up struggling and striving and trying and working harder and harder on the treadmill. You know, Psalms 46 Verses 9 to 10 says, He makes wars cease. 
to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. It's God who does it. It's him, the great I am. His capabilities, his wisdom, he makes the wars cease. He breaks the bow and shatters the spears, not you and I. You know, if we go without God's wisdom, if we go, with, if we go on our own capabilities, our own earthly natural wisdom, we can sabotage our spirit of rest. But he is the great I am. He calls us to be still and know that I am is God. The fourth thing that can sabotage our spirit of rest is a wrong yoke. A wrong yoke. In Matthew 11, 28 to 30, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, it's not talking about an egg yolk. It's talking about an ox's yolk. I told you I'm not a farmer. <laughs> and, and I always get that wrong. I said it's ox, oxen or oxes, who knows. Anyway, it's talking about an ox's, a, an oak yoke that an ox wears. One of those big, heavy things that sit over their shoulders, right? And, and it, you know, when I was researching on this, I I actually looked up some information. It was an advanced training techniques for oxen by the University of New Hampshire. <laughs> but there was some amazing stuff in this. And did you know that those those the yokes are actually handcrafted for the ox? And and they actually they are either handmade or they're one that have then been um, fixed up just specifically to fit that ox. Just specifically to fix that ox, fit that ox. But did you know that there are actually different yokes for different type of oxen? There are different yokes for different crops that those oxen are meant to plough. There are actually even different types of yokes for different cultures. I just thought that that was amazing because each of us are unique. It's created uniquely. Your yoke is unique to you. And actually, if an ox was to wear a, a, an ill-fitting yoke, then it actually said in, in my research, it said that it would gall them. If they were to wear an ill-fitting yoke, it would gall them. And I thought, well, that's a funny word. What does that word mean? So the word gall means imprudent behavior, cruel or bitter. 
So, you know, if we are wearing a yoke that doesn't fit us, that is not our fit, it can actually at times cause imprudent behaviour, cruel, or even cause us to be bitter. If we are trying to wear a yoke that doesn't belong to us, that isn't for the paddock that we are meant to be ploughing, that actually belongs to the ox next to us, then, then actually it's going to be ill-fitting. It's not going to work for us. It's going to gall us. It's going to sabotage our spirit of rest because it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. I don't know about you, but a yoke to me for an ox doesn't imply that it's going to be resting. It implies that it's going to be working. So it's actually talking about in the midst of the work, in the midst of what you're called to do, if you're doing what you alone are called to do, then it will come with ease. It will come with a grace. It will come with a rest. Because it's the fit that God has for you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, the yoke that Jesus Christ had intended for you, the yoke that God has specifically tailor-made for you, my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. You see, when we are stepping in in our grace space, when we are stepping into the thing that God has called us to do and us to be, then we can. he gives us a gracing for that. We can actually keep plowing, keep going with an ease. The burden isn't heavy. It doesn't gall us. It doesn't sabotage that spirit of rest. So how do we combat these things that sabotage our spirit of rest? Well, if it's a season that you're in, if it's a season of strife that comes our way, then I actually believe that the solution's found in the verse after it. So remember, we read, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with the carousing drunkenness and anxieties of life and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap for it will come on all those who live on the face of the earth. But the key is in verse 36, it says, be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. You know, be on guard. If it's a season that's coming your way, be on guard. Stand your ground. Trust in the promises of God and speak them out over your life. Declare the goodness of God over your life. Declare His mercy, His grace, His rest for your situation. Declare that He is able. Be on guard. Don't let them overtake you. Don't let that season get to you. Don't let those little niggling voices just keep going in your head. But stand your ground in Jesus' name. Declare that God is sovereign. 
even in the midst of the circumstances and the situations and the strife that comes your way. You know, don't allow this, these things that come your way to actually be a catalyst for the other things to creep in, to, for the other areas of sabotage to creep in. But be on guard. Stand firm. Always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen but that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. That you may be able to stand and hear, well done, good and faithful servant, in the midst of all of your stuff, in the midst of the strife that comes your way, stand your ground. Well, what about if it's the area of sabotage that's going without God's presence? Well, just don't. Just don't, you know, find how it is. Find a way to wait on the Lord. Find how it works for you. You know, wait on the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Practice. Practice just being in the presence of God. Know His power. Know how you find your grace space. Your space that you can access God. Your space where you know God is with you. Find that place for yourself. That will vary for each and every person. But find out who that is for yourself because not one of us standing on this platform can do that for you. You need to find your grace space so that you can access that spirit of rest, so you can access the presence of God and the rest that comes through the presence of God. Be conscious of His Spirit. Be conscious of His presence and just don't go without it. Don't go a day without the presence of God. Don't allow that to sabotage your rest. The third Thing, you know, if you're complicating things with your own capabilities, well, give it to God. If that's an issue for you that's sabotaging your rest, give it to God. Hold all your plans to Him. You know, even if you have to change your posture and hold it up to God, Give it to him. Offer even your stuff to him. Everything you do, give it to God. Don't complicate it with your own abilities, but ask for God's wisdom. Ask him to be your wisdom. Ask for his leading. Be aware of how you know he's leading for you. And the fourth thing, if you're wearing the wrong yoke, well, find out who you are. Find out what it is that God has called you to. You know, take only his stuff for you, not anyone else's. Take on only what he has for you, nothing more and nothing less. Don't sell yourself short of what he has for you, but don't overinflate and struggle and strive to try and be someone you're not. God has a calling specifically for you. Find out who you are. Because God wants you to live in a spirit of rest.
not striving, not struggling, a spirit of rest. If you could take a moment and if all of you could shut your eyes. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, all of us have got areas that try and sabotage our spirit of rest. What is it out of those things that's most often trying to sabotage your spirit of rest? Is it a season of strife? Is it going without God's presence? Is it complicating things with your own capabilities? Or is it that you're trying to wear the wrong yoke? As the musos come, take a moment, let God speak to you. Where is it that's trying to sabotage and get to your spirit of rest? Because God says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, be aware of how to combat and hold your spirit of rest. Speak out the promises of God He has given. Trust His power. The promise of rest that He has for each one of you. And this morning, you know, if you're sitting here and for the very first, you've never actually this might be your very first time sitting in church, but you've never actually known what it is to know the presence of God in your life. To know that Jesus came to give you relationship back with God, our Father. You might be sitting here thinking, that's fine. Maybe everyone else has got a bit of a clue that I don't really have right now. So this morning, if that's you, there's actually a way for you to step into that. And it's by asking Jesus Christ to come into your life, be your Lord and Saviour, and make a way for you to step into relationship with God, into the presence of God, and find true rest for your soul. So this morning, if that's you, I would love to pray with you. If you would like to accept Jesus, I would love to pray with you. So I'd ask you just to pop your hand up, just so that I can know who I'm praying with this morning. If you would like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, And we're all going to pray this prayer together this morning. Dear God, come into my life. 
Make me new. Heal my heart. Bring me rest. Give me the presence of God in my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross to take away my sin and to bring me back into relationship with you. Come into my life. I confess my sins. And I ask that you make me clean. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your hope. And thank you for your rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time this morning, please make sure that you see one of the team, perhaps at the info desk later. But this week, church, I encourage you, be aware of the presence of God. Be aware not to let any seasons of strife sabotage your spirit of rest. Don't go on your own capabilities and make sure that you step into the true calling God has for you. Because God wants to give you rest. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.